0: In a world where James Franco is still considered a credible actor, and Mike Busey can open a place called the Sausage Castle, one podcast will rise, one podcast will take a stand, its hosts steadfast and strengthened by snark and snobbery. This podcast is Cinema Geekly. time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 145. Before we get going, head over to cinemageekly.com. Right now, Glenn, you do it too. All of the podcasts, all of them, all of the premium shows are now available for you to peruse at your will at cinemageekly.com. Uh, just head over. It's the brand new website, and now it's completely complete. It has everything listed. Uh, in fact, I think if uh, if my websiteing... Uh, capabilities are working properly all you have to do is hover over the word podcasts and then a, a massive drop down menu of about 900 feet uh, is presented to you featuring all of the podcasts you can go check them out uh, by category uh, and I think there's a couple places on there you can read about all of the shows if you're new to the website you can read about everything that we uh, we have to offer some of those names uh, don't necessarily give away what the show's about some of them do uh, some some less so But uh, they're all available, and you can go check out everything, uh, the whole back catalog, and uh, everything is uh, subscribable individually on iTunes and Google Play Music. So go check it out. Uh, It's just Glenn and myself this week to run down uh, the week in in movie land. Uh, Have you seen something? Or you're you're about to go see something. Have you seen anything
1: uh, in theaters since we last... Uh, chatting. what I I saw Magnificent Seven. That was the last movie I saw. Oh yeah, which was
0: the day we recorded. The day we recorded, and I believe you
1: thought it was okay. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, uh, it was all right. I mean, you're
0: you're going to go see another movie?
1: Yeah, I might see Deepwater Horizon. I've been really wanting to see this movie. Is that? Cause it's got it's got Kurt fucking Russell in it. Did that so, just come out? That came out just last came, weekend. Came out last weekend. Yeah, number two movie last week. Indeed. Because I don't care about seeing Tim Burton's X Men.
0: No. Well, my thirteen year old did. She went to go see it with her friends, so that was uh that was that was her thing. She was all about that. Uh so yeah, let's uh let's talk about uh what little there is to talk about in movies real quick. I did see a movie. I saw Yoga Hosers, the latest Kevin Smith film. <laughs> and uh I'll tell you what, I tweeted about it, which even got a a a Twitter heart or like from Kevin Smith himself, uh, which which was nice. Uh, I I think it was something along the lines of uh, went into yoga hosers with lowered expectations, uh, but I should have raised them because it was a it was a good movie, uh, surprisingly. Because I I went into Tusk knowing the backstory of the, of the podcast. I knew the podcast from which Tusk was formed, and laughed my ass off listening to them talk about it. But the movie, seeing it in execution, I was just like, oh, okay. But it didn't blow me away. It was, I, I didn't think it was the worst thing I've ever seen, but it was also like, this is just weird and I didn't care for it. And the premise for Yoga Hosers seems even more ridiculous. And in fact, it is. I would say almost infinitesimally more ridiculous, actually, than Tusk. But, uh,. I'll tell you what: uh, the two girls, his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter, are actually pretty good and pretty charming. Surprisingly, uh, Johnny isn't. Isn't
1: that like one of the reviews around Tomatoes? Is they say like their talents are wasted on this script, <laughs> something May, like that? Maybe. And
0: this was Harley Quinn's first movie. Uh, not Harley Quinn, but Harley Quinn Smith. Uh, this is the first time she'd ever acted. Uh, and she is. N- she is not bad. I I, she wasn't as good as Lily Rose Depp, who I thought was actually really good, and I thought she had a lot of charisma and screen presence, and I thought she was uh, really talented, and I thought Kevin's daughter was also quite talented as well. So this is like
1: a justified
0: version of Another Earth, kind of. Yeah, uh, I thought this was. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. Uh, Johnny Depp's character is still really weird, and he was and he was in Tusk as well. But I think used to better comedic effect in this movie. How I mean, long was the, he in this movie? Uh, he was in like so he was in Tusk for like three minutes. He was in this movie for maybe fifteen minutes, maybe twenty minutes of screen time.
1: Uh, Sorry, how did him and Johnny Depp get together to be like, hey, you know what? Let's put our kids in some movies together.
0: Uh, I the story. So the story is that Kevin's daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter have been friends since childhood. They went to the same school oh okay so like that's kind of
1: how they that's weird because i thought johnny depp like has lived in france for years
0: i have no idea
1: i couldn't tell you but that is that is how the story goes
0: that's how kev tells it. it says him and his his daughter and johnny's daughter have been friends for for since childhood so uh yeah uh so they're pretty good um Ralph Garman who is Kevin's co-host on Hollywood Babylon is the villain and Ralph's uh Ralph's deal is that he does a lot of impressions but mostly of people that uh are would the impressions would go over the heads of most of the people from our generation or any genera- any any newer generations like he does like Ed Edwin and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh most of the time it would be going over the heads of, of people. So he does like old outdated impressions. Uh and he did many of them in this movie, uh playing the head of uh the Canadian Nazi Party. Uh but he did many uh he did many impressions. But it was and they were all old and uh and worn out impressions, but they were used for comedic effect as opposed for I guess some other purpose. I'm not, I'm not sure what other how someone could decide to take it seriously, but, uh, yeah, he, it was, uh, it was a decent watch. It was, I mean, there's like a, there's some really goofy miniature CG Nazi bratwursts and, uh, a ridiculous large, you know, rubber suit creature straight out of like B and C movies. Uh, so there's, there's tons of that stuff and it's really weird and goofy and silly, but somehow it's mostly the girls that kind of hold it together and sort of make it work. Uh, as a guy with a teenage daughter, uh, I found it awkwardly accurate as to how she behaves with her friends. Uh, and I feel like this is maybe more of a movie for them clearly Uh, than it would be for me, because if there's anything I've learned about kids these days, Glenn, it's that they like weird things that don't make sense. Most of the cartoon shows they like are weird as shit and don't make any sense, with weird-ass characters that don't make any sense. And all of the jokes don't make any sense to me, and I think I'm just getting old is what it is, Glenn. These kids (laughs) and their music these days. Uh, But the movie itself, I thought was... uh, I thought it was pretty good. I, I could see how somebody looking at it though might think that it's not an accurate portrayal of of teenagerdom. Uh, but they spend eighty five percent of this movie staring into their phones on Instagram, and I can tell you for a fact that that is how my daughter lives most of her days, with her head buried in uh, buried in an Apple device, looking at Instagram or YouTube. That is how she consumes media. So, uh, yeah, I it was. I thought it was pretty okay, believe it or not. I, I, I mean, I don't put it in the category of his more beloved films, uh, but as far as like this whole "I'm just gonna make movies I want to see" uh, trip that he's on, this was certainly better than Tusk and better than anything he'd made since like Zack and Mary. Uh, I think so. Uh, I, I give it a thumbs up uh, if you're if you're willing to. To base your entertainment solely on my opinion, I would say watch it. Uh, if you're not willing to do that, uh you know, maybe red box it at some point. But uh, yeah, I was kind I was kinda pleasantly surprised with it. So did I did I win you over, Glenn? Are you gonna go watch it now?
1: I mean if it ever pops up on like Netflix or Amazon Prime, yeah, but you know most, I'm not gonna Most certainly I'm sure it will at some point.
0: Uh oh let me see here. What 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 has there? I mean, there's okay. So there's been plenty of Marvel marketing, which I have not seen. I believe it or not, I haven't watched any trailers for Luke Cage. I don't want to be spoiled by any of it. And Aurora and I have yet to start going through it. Is that I've only watched the first episode? Uh, yeah, we have yet to go through it for Podcasters of Shield, uh, which we're going to start doing uh, soon-ish, uh, but we haven't had a chance. So I have not watched one frame. You know, I think there's actually a an earlier trailer a while ago for Luke Cage that I saw but that's like the last thing I've seen. Uh but so there's been a lot of that and there's been a lot of Doctor Strange promo material as that movie is is coming. Uh how do you, how do you feel about uh Doctor Strange? Is there uh do you feel like the uh is the is the Marvel hype wearing thin? I feel like there's not nearly as many people talking about this as
1: as some of the other movies. No, I mean, I know a lot of people are excited for it. I don't I do think, um, I really do believe we are entering that superhero fatigue. Like, I I really think it's starting to, to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, not saying, of course, they're going to make boatloads of money. Like, it's not, to me, that's not what I'm talking about. I just feel like this shit's going to get old. People are still going to see it because they know the names and the properties, but, It's going to start dwindling, is what you're saying. I mean, just look at it. I mean, look at what Star Trek did this past summer. I mean, you could, I would say that almost about any movie that came out this past summer. Yeah. You know, they may have made all their money because of international, but in the States, I mean, what, domestically, did Star Trek barely make back its money? Just budget, not including marketing? Barely. Yeah. Yeah. It did not do well. And I know that's not superhero, but it's still in that, you know, geek vein. Oh, sure, sure. It's in the genre. I mean, I just think that, especially now, like, the Star Wars movies coming out every year, like, we're just going to, things are just going to get tiresome.
0: Yeah. Uh, I agree. Uh, Well, hey, speaking of more geek stuff, I hope people don't get too tired of it, because this is what this whole website is based around.
1: Well, you know, we'll just have to talk about the actual dramatic art. I mean, that's not even, like... There's always going to be we'll have you know to talk the big about... blockbuster stuff, but it's you know it's varied. You know some I mean I know like Mad Max was a you know it was a sequel, but it was like a breath of fresh air.
0: And it was a long-coming sequel
1: as well obviously. Yeah. Uh I mean look, eventually you're
0: right. We'll just have to start talking about like Natalie Portman's uh Jack <laughs> Jackie. Lincoln. Did you see the trailer for it though? I thought I didn't see the trailer for it. <laughs> you know what? I think it looks I think it actually looks pretty damn good. It does look good. I watched it and I was like, holy shit, she she might
1: win an Oscar for this movie. I don't, Just watching the trailer. I might actually be excited for the Blade Runner movie, because I did not realize who was directing it until they, yesterday. They titled it, did they not? Isn't
0: it like Blade Runner twenty forty nine? 2049, which is not that far into the future, everybody. No. We it's better... we better 30
1: years after Blade Runner, because Blade Runner is 2019.
0: Boy, well, we've only got a couple of short years to kind of turn <laughs> us into the... <laughs> yeah. The, the dark dystopia that was Blade Runner. Well, if yeah. Trump becomes president, Glenn, <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it could know, we happen. Can only, we can only hope. Um, but like the guy who's directing the Blade Runner sequel is the guy who did Sicario, which was hands down my favorite movie last year.
0: Really? So it's He's also the
1: one doing style. that movie Arrival that's coming out. And I, when I realized it was him, I was like, you know what? I'm well, going to give uh... this a shot. Stri- Boomers, come on, man. <laughs> Boomers is giving his squeaks of approval. Yeah. Yeah
0: uh so yeah arrival is the amy adams movie right that's like uh, yeah
1: the one that we were kind of like eh, but then i realized it was him and i was like oh well uh he yeah. makes some good stuff
0: it's uh amy adams and jeremy runner and it's like contact if you've ever seen that yeah it has a lot to live up to because i love i fucking love contact so it's got a lot to live up to if it's gonna if it's gonna do that um uh, for me but yeah uh all joking aside i i really think that natalie portman jackie o picture is going to be really good
1: yeah it looks good uh so i mean the movie i'm most excited for is that um ben affleck five by night Oh, not the accountant no i mean i'm gonna see that because it comes out next week i'm really curious about it um Nah, and I mean the fact that it has like Anna Kendrick and JK Simmons, like I'm just okay, whatever, you know, I'll watch it. Yeah, good cast. Yeah. For
0: sure. Um I thought you're I thought you were gonna say you were looking forward to Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, Glenn, because they put out a brand new final trailer full of new footage. I figure that's what you were talking about was uh that was gonna be high on your list. Uh no, I do want to see that um obviously me as well as a as a as a potterhead uh so these uh i figured these movies might follow in the same vein of the Harry Potter movies where the first one is very uh very bright and colorful with not a lot of badness in it but this this new trailer is almost nearly 3 minutes of like and, and the first few trailers they they gave were were full of uh not like bright colors, but it, it seemed wonder like a, a wonder and upbeatness to it. And this new trailer was far was far darker in tone, and was far gloomier and alluded to his uh, alluded to uh, as much. So uh, here's the thing: I didn't know Ezra
1: Miller was in this movie until this trailer. Yeah, me either. He's like popping up in like little small not small things, but. He's in other stuff. I don't. I don't know. I think he might be a good Flash. I mean, There's he could. of him in. he
0: he could be. I mean, he he's not going to have Grant's bobblehead when he talks, which <laughs> no. is a which is a plus. But other than that, I've really grown accustomed to Grant Gustin as Flash. So I, I don't. No, no, no. He's, I don't. I don't great. know. I don't know what kind of replacing we're really going to be able to do here. But uh, yeah. So this Fantastic Beast movie, I think the. To me watching this trailer and I'm excited to see this movie because it's taking this familiar uh this familiar universe and putting in the hands of different characters and putting it in a different country and putting it in a different time and history so it's it's familiar yet it's going to be completely different and I like that and that's obviously uh attracting me to the movie but as I'm watching this I I mean because they I've already figured out the story is like some beasts escape. He has to recapture them before they wreak havoc on the the world of the the non-magical humans uh and things the like that. The no mag- magic. Yes, yes the no mages as they call them. Uh I'm sitting here watching this thing cuz they're doing 3 of these movies. And I'm trying to figure out what on earth story they can tell that's going to stretch
1: to three parts. Well, it's uh, now Colin Farrell sees this as a moment to release the magic upon the world. Ah. No this... more hiding in the shadows. So,
0: so this is about fantastic beasts and where to find them, but the second movie is probably not going to be really about fantastic beasts as much and more about stopping Colin Farrell. Well, and... oh, maybe
1: he's going to be using these fantastic beasts to do non fantastical things. Oh,
0: perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah, I was definitely trying to figure out how they could stretch this because it, I I was I was personally struggling to figure out how they were going to do it.
1: I don't know, it seems like J.K. Rowling is pretty good about stretching things out.
0: <laughs> uh I mean, yeah, they they managed to turn 7 Harry Potter novels into 8 movies. <laughs> so... They can they can manage it, and they uh, probably could have turned Goblet of Fire into two movies in and of itself as well. Oh, they probably could have. I mean, they didn't, and thank goodness for that because <laughs> that was my that was actually my least favorite of the movies. But don't tell my thirteen year old that. That's blasphemy. Well,
1: I mean, the books the biggest. I know. There's yes. A, I I I don't know. I do need to read the books because all I ever hear is, "Oh yeah, they're just oh they're so ri-. But like I've heard Aaron, but they're not like in the. Oh, uh, books are better kind of way. It's just, it's like, if you like the movies, it's just more lore. Yeah. It's like DLC. It is. It's,
0: it's, it's, it's dear. it's DLC, but in real life, <laughs> physical, physical DLC. Uh, all right. Uh, talking about uh, expansion packs and whatnot. Uh, did you see the teaser trailer for Pirates of the Caribbean? Dead men tell no tales.
1: I'm really glad you segued into that. Oh, That's what I was setting it up for. Yeah. Yeah, I did. The power couple of Penelope Cruz and Harvey O'Bardin are making their stamp on these last two Pirates of the Caribbean movies. There's going to be two of these? No, no, because Penelope Cruz was in the oh, last one. Oh, that's
0: right, that's right, that's right. I forgot the fourth one exists. My, <laughs> my apologies. That was the Fountain of Youth one, right? Yeah, the one with Ian
1: McShane. Yeah, Yeah. yes, yes,
0: yes. He yeah, stepdad Frank, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Javier Bardem is the bad guy. Uh, this was a super teaser because there was no Jack Sparrow in it at all. Although there was his his visage on a on a piece of parchment, I guess, or a wanted poster or something along those lines. Uh, and I guess are we to believe that Javier Bardem and crew are not like the pirates from the first movie? No, because they're ghosts. These ones are ghosts, <laughs> where the other ones were merely stuck in between al- being alive and being dead. Right? They were like the undead. Yeah, they're like zombie pirates or something. And these ones are just flat out ghost pirates, right? Okay. And uh, and I guess uh, and maybe not- they can't leave the island or something. I don't know. Oh, perhaps. Uh, I'm wondering if it is. I wonder if Javier, Javier Bardem, Bardem is, is death, or if he's working for death, because I, I think in the trailer he's like tell Jack Sparrow that death is looking for him, or something, or death is coming for him, or something. I wonder if it has something to do with. Presumably, it has something to do with that.
1: Well, isn't that the whole point? of Like Davy Jones is the kind of like the ferryman. So
0: yes, he's the one that carries the he ferries. Well, in fact, Orlando
1: Bloom now.
0: Yes. But. Yes. Oh, do you think he'll appear in this film? Has I thought he was enough? supposed
1: to be in this movie. <laughs> maybe, you know what? I could have sworn I, he was supposed to be in this movie, but he wasn't. I cuz I paused the teaser to see like try and find his name on there, and he wasn't listed in the cast. I'm like, "Huh, well maybe he isn't." Yeah. I could have sworn he was supposed to be in this movie. So,
0: yeah, I couldn't have told you because I forgot this movie was being made all the way up until I saw this teaser on television. I'm like, "Oh shit, that's right." They're making one of these. Uh, so, yes, of course, we have uh, we have Captain Jack, uh, the eccentric pirate captain of the Black Pearl. He's on the hunt for the Trident of Poseidon. That's what he's looking for. Uh, oh. Javier Bardem is playing Captain Salazar, a powerful, merciless ghost pirate who is trapped in the Devil's Triangle. And after escaping... Oh, so
1: he's in the Bermuda Triangle.
0: Yes. And after escaping, he seeks the Trident to try to kill every pirate at sea in exact revenge on his former nemesis, Jack Sparrow. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other people. Uh, Jeffrey Rush is in the film reprising yeah. his role as Hector Barbosa. And uh, here it is for you, Glenn. Orlando Bloom as Captain William Will Turner Jr. The blacksmith turned a pirate who was transformed to the captain of the Flying Dutchman at the end of At World's End. Uh, speaking about his possible return to the franchise, Bloom stated he would love to portray the character outside of the usual role types as the good looking hero. Uh, he says, I'm of course, Davy Jones now. So I'm down. (laughs) So I'm down at the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) What a a character. Uh, it, it might be kind of fun to do something. Uh, yada, 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 yada. Um, that's his quote about, it sounds like he wants to be in the movie, but isn't cast. But he is listed here on Wikipedia as part of the cast. So, uh, and as we know, Wikipedia is uh, uh, a practical uh, beacon of light uh, when it comes to knowledge on the internet. Uh, also listed on this, uh, on this cast, Glenn, you'll be happy to know. Sir Paul McCartney is listed, presumably as some sort of cameo. Hmm. So they've had a Rolling Stone and a Beetle. In these here pirates movies, I wonder who's next. I mean, they've they I mean they've tackled the two biggest British bands of all
1: time, so I guess they could do like Elton John if they're going to go solo acts.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe they can get the remaining members of Pink Floyd, perhaps as a
1: pirates. <laughs> sex for... Pistols,
0: sex. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so anyway, what do you uh, what do you what do you what do you make of this? I'm. <sighs> I mean look, a lot of people are like they should have stopped making them after the third one. Some people could argue they should have stopped making them after the first one. Uh but here we are nonetheless. I like the second one. Yeah, me too. Uh but here we are, number f- five. <laughs> 5. And uh I like Javier Bardem. Yeah, he's great. He's a good bad guy. And it's fun to see Jeffrey Rush play this character because holy fuck does he love doing it clearly. Yeah. <laughs> he seems to have more fun than anybody doing this. Uh, playing this character, so. hey, cool. I guess it's kind. Of, he doesn't have to give any fucks. Like, <laughs> no, he goes full. He's great. I. He's the best part of all of them. He goes full cartoon pirate. <laughs> he's in these movies.
1: Yeah, he like. I don't. I mean, I. It's so funny that like Johnny Depp got nominated for an Oscar for Jack Isn't Sparrow. That crazy. I mean, he's good. Like, I don't disparage it. Like, I. I'm glad that they kind of went outside of the the norm for his choice that year and yes. i i liked him in it but i really feel like jeffrey rush has kind of been snubbed because he's amazing in these so, movies he's so crazy <laughs> he's the best like i hate the third one but hands down like I, I love i love the last battle because he's fighting people and he's marrying will turner and whatever the hell kira kira, kira Knightley, Knightley, whatever, his yeah. character is like it's just so Uh, it's It's great schlock oh i love him he's the best while steering
0: a pirate ship (laughs) around a gigantic funnel in the ocean while shooting cannons
1: and yeah at another pirate or at another gigantic ship yeah no it's great
0: i don't it's it's he's incredible uh yeah i feel like the the jack sparrow character kind of the novelty wore off by that third movie and you know when the fourth one and now the fifth one so we shall see. Like I said, I like Javier Bardem, and I think this character could be cool. And uh, just getting to see Hector Barbosa again on screen is going to be probably worth the price of admission to me as long as he just... If gets they
1: to... don't make him like a part of the British Royal Navy again, he's got to be back to being
0: a privateer pirate. Yes. I just I just hope with him now, they just point a camera at
1: him and they're just saying, have fun. <laughs> have fun, yeah. It's kind of like what they did with Bill Nye. <laughs> Is that what they did? No, I mean no. they. Well, I mean they had to like invent ways how to do his mocap, because uh, it was the first time it was ever done on set. Mocap was, uh, but they pretty much had to point a camera at him, and say do whatever you want, because they had to get his movements.
0: Just knock yourself out.
1: Yeah. Uh, they
0: announced the date for Iron Fist uh, on Netflix. Yet another Marvel show. I'm gonna have to watch Mar- March 17th. I said that sounds that sounds worse than it actually is. No, it's a good thing. It's just got it's. It is yet another show. I haven't started much. I haven't started Luke Cage yet, and there's another show announced for March seventeenth. I've got some
1: time. Yeah, but apparently they're like putting off on Jessica Jones for a while, and I guess Daredevil too. Yeah, well, they gotta. They I know they want to get to the Defenders. I know they really want
0: to yeah. do that. So uh, I don't know what they're gonna do for villains for the Defenders, but Ah uh, uh, I mean, look, that would be fine by me.
1: I mean, uh, like I know David Tennant was really good. He was creepy.
0: David Tennant was really good, but Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin, I think, is the best villain in the in the Marvel in the the whole MCU. Yeah, as far as complexity and believability, like some people would be like, "No, man, Loki." But here's the thing with Loki: a lot of people love that character. I mean, I love Kingpin, but not in like a way that like, I love him, love him. Like he's so adorable and so he's funny and he's kind of like the cool bad guy. Kingpin is not that character at all. I love it because it's just so well done that it's just, it's a pleasure to watch him do it because he's so good at it and he brings so much to that character. Where Tom Hiddleston's Loki, I love Loki because I just love Loki. It's charming and yeah. funny and... He's the Robert Downey Jr. yeah. He's great. I love him. I'm going to be super excited to see him in in the new Thor movie for sure, but I don't think he's the best villain. I think that's that's Kingpin, hands down. Who do you think second then? Uh hmm. I mean, are we not allowed to classify Punisher as a villain? He's I not mean, really. He's like he's like an anti-hero,
1: but And in a lot of ways you could say Kingpin's an anti-hero. I mean, that's why I like yeah. him so much is there's Yes, he is a he is definitely a bad guy. Mm. But um, I mean, for for me, my favorite, my favorite, my my
0: favorite like bad people in the MCU have all come from the TV shows. David yeah. Tennant's Purple Man, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin, and uh, uh, oh my god, I, I'm losing his name. Jan, it's not John Barenthal. Barenthal. John Barenthal. I was like John Bereman. No. <laughs> That's not the same guy. <laughs> John Barenthal's Punisher. Uh are awesome. Like I love I love Loki, but he's he's almost practically a good guy to me somehow,
1: even well, though he's not.
0: They... Uh, like he kind of is, but he kind they of They make him he...
1: too sympathetic. Yes. Y- yes. And that was that's why like you see the like the backstory episode on Kingpin. Yeah. And like Frank
0: Frank Castle is sympathetic. His story yeah. is sympathetic but the way he lashes out is so much more violent and brutal than loki that at the same time you're like oh this guy is it's very animalistic not like, good. it's just yeah it's lizard brain that oh my, I'm still I, I'm still in love with that scene uh that he did in the in the prison in the cell hallway
1: where he just killed all those guys <laughs> Oh my God! I would say anything that happens in the prison is good. When he first meets Kingpin, like, oh man, oh, awesome. that was amazing. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, yeah. so we should. I should refrain this. I'm looking forward to Iron Fist. I'm. De- I like the actor, uh, Finn. What's his name? Don't remember now off the top of my head. Uh, he's from Game of Thrones though. He played Sir Loras on there, and uh, yeah, I like him, and I think this is going to be good, and I'm excited for it. Uh, it's just that, geez, so many. Sh- Oh, so little time is what it feels like, uh, but I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for it. I'm sure you'll get around to seeing it as well at some point.
1: Yeah, they're making all these all these great shows like netflix's and that kind of stuff. That feels like if I don't power through it, I'm not gonna watch it. Like I still even started Orange Is New Black, and it's because I didn't binge it when it came out. Like <laughs> now it's it's just falling out. Like it's
0: yeah. I feel I feel the same problem. I mean, look, I've I've. Uh, I've got to take it one show at a time. I'm moving through Dexter. Pretty good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think... Where are you at in Dexter? I think I am... I want to say I'm on season seven. Has Ray Stevenson showed up yet? Uh, Who's he playing? He plays a Ukrainian mob boss. Yep, that's the guy.
1: Yeah, he's uh, great.
0: That's where I'm at. And so far, he's been amazing. Yeah, he's it's uh, He's good. So let me let me say let me say so far that I think the lowered bar syndrome has certainly helped because uh, you guys were kind of like it should have just stopped after season four,
1: uh, but there were. I like five. Like, I, I mean, I don't think five's perfect, but I think it's a good... There were bits from season
0: five, but it certainly felt like it dipped down in quality from the previous seasons.
1: I just feel like it's a good season for Dexter. Like, it's a good follow-up to the events to happen in four. That's that's why I like five. Uh, And six was the
0: season with the... Dumpster fire, yeah. Uh, That was the uh, Admiral Adama and Tom Hanks' kid. Yeah. Um... That was a, I didn't hate that season though. It was It's so bad.
1: You cannot say it was, it was so stupid. It was just, it was in his freezer. Come on. That's so dumb. Well, I mean, you know,
0: the whole thing is that he was psychotic as well and was seeing him much like how Dexter is seeing his subconscious or his consciousness or whatever is. Manifesting constantly in the form of either his brother or his father, but I mean, yeah, he could, whatever
1: his subconscious is hellraiser. That's I fine. was
0: I was trying to figure out how he was able to accomplish all of these things on his own Uh, because he certainly seemed to do a lot of like two people job things, but apparently did it all by himself.
1: See, that's why I didn't like it because it's just like <laughs> it was just it was presented just, me a very false reality. It was just weird. It, it also wasn't quite as
0: good. I'm curious to see where this season is going. Uh, cause I'm, I'm already at the point where Deb saw him kill Colin Hanks and then he tried to explain it away as a one-time thing, but then she figured out that actually he's the Bay Harbor butcher and a serial killer and is obviously clearly struggling with, It's a good thing. She's
1: in love with him. Yeah. Also weird. Yeah. It's weird that they have her fall in love with him after their divorce in real uh, life. Did oh my
0: god were they were those two really I didn't know that they were really a couple. Yeah, they were really they were married.
1: That is so fucking weird. Yeah, four through six. Rumor is the reason why they divorced was because of uh, Julia Stiles.
0: That is really fucking weird. That is so strange to me. I don't think I'm gonna be able to watch the show in the same light again. Um, I will say this: uh, the show for me uh, has not been the same since they killed Rita for sure. Yeah. That was, and I, you know what was weird about it? Is that was such a unexpected gut punch to me.
1: Like, I didn't feel right the whole rest of the day after I watched that episode. Yeah, because you don't, like, you don't really think about her, like, when you're watching the show. Like, I mean, she's no, there, but like, I, she's important, but, right, like, when it happens, you're just like, oh, right. And, oh, I, <laughs> and I And I liked her
0: quite yeah. a bit. And uh, it was just like you know just like when things are starting to get going and then fucking john lithgow killed her and we didn't find <laughs> out until after john lithgow was dead yeah and holy shit will i never be able to look at john lithgow the same way yeah, he's what
1: a crazy what oh a,
0: my god what a creepy he's motherfucker such a good bad guy oh yeah he's the best and i saw so he much he won of an his emmy ass. for that congratulations well deserved. Yeah, up. Yeah. i saw so much of his ass in that season
1: yeah it was weird
0: Disturbing. God, the way the
1: way he would kill him. Oh, dude, so so weird, so weird.
0: He made that kid wear those weird pajamas while they played in a basement with trains and <laughs> just. Oh my God, so fucking strange.
1: But, kept this family in locked rooms. Oh my God, yeah, he's. Oh. Uh, yeah, so that Such was a a, creep.
0: that was uh, that was crazy, and they did that twist where Quinn's girlfriend is Lithgo's. Like bastard child or something. Yeah, yeah. That that was a good season. Uh, to me, uh, to me, at least f- uh, for my taste, no season has been able to match season two. That's been my favorite season, without a doubt. And that's probably helped by the Dokes character, who might be one of my
1: favorite characters in Dude, all of Dokes television. Dokes is the best.
0: Surprise, motherfucker! Some fries, motherfucker!
1: <laughs> all rise. It's the yeah. Go on YouTube. It's the
0: best video he's he is oh my god he's so he's such a great fucking character i love well i mean uh yeah i don't wanna i haven't started watching the wire tell me he's in the wire because he could only add to the wire if he was in it i don't think he's in the wire he might be i just
1: hope in the wire yes he is
0: uh i've got to watch that at some point as well uh but anyway so far i would say the low bar set by everybody has made it a little bit easier for me to to hurdle over them. I haven't hated a season yet. Uh, but I've certainly... I've definitely felt the decline in quality. And I'm kind of wondering how much more... I mean, obviously I know how much more it can go on for. It can go on for where I'm at right now. Another season and a half. Uh, is how much longer it can go on for. But uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of almost anxiously awaiting the finale. To see how it hits me. Because you guys really hated it. And Jen, I mean... Jen watched it with her friend before I've ever even watched the show, and she is very forgiving of shows. She doesn't look at them nearly as analytically as say you or I might. Uh, and even she said she fucking hated the ending of the show. So <laughs> I'm I'm very curious to see how it hits me, and uh, obviously we'll we'll talk about it many years many years after the fact. Yeah, seven. I like seven. Seven's okay. Yeah, so far it's so, so far. I mean, I'm not far enough into it, so I'm. I'm not there yet. I think I'm. The
1: first half is really good.
0: Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to I'm excited to keep going.
1: Uh, let me see here. What else we got? Uh, and that was everybody's Dexter update, brought to you by Showtime.
0: <laughs> Showtime. We have other shows, I presume.
1: Uh, like Homeland, also only good after two.
0: Did i uh, I I've heard people say that the show picked up steam again.
1: Yeah, I heard it's I heard it's back on its t- I've never watched it. Well, I mean, I've watched certain scenes and certain I episodes. watched
0: I've watched the first two seasons and it was captivating, it was brilliant, and I loved it. And I think I started getting partway into season three and then I got distracted by another show and never went back to it and didn't renew our showtime subscription and I haven't had a chance to catch up on it since. So hopefully some of the seasons will show up on Amazon or something or Netflix at some point and uh then I can then I can start watching them. Uh so hey Glenn, the final Wolverine movie got a name. It's, and a poster. And a poster. It is simply called Logan. Logan. And I guess they're not gonna call it old man Logan, but clearly this is uh it's gotta be based off of that, at least partially, right? Yeah. Uh, Aaron speculates based off of this post that the child's hand, which we see in the poster is most likely that of X 23, a male clone daughter of Logan. Uh, so yeah, and there was, uh, they, and they did the asks corporation did take Logan's blood at the end of X-Men apocalypse. Uh, Aaron says for the few people who watched that, but I think more than a few people watch X-Men apocalypse. It's just most people don't remember having watched it. Uh, but I, I watched it and I certainly remember that part. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and Aaron also says that the villain announced is Mr. Sinister. I don't know anything about this character. You know anything about Mr. Sinister, Glenn? mm
1: -mm.
0: I bet he's Sinister. Either that or he just has a really unfortunate fucking last name. One of the two. Uh, he does, in fairness, in the, uh, in the pictures I see here on Google, he does appear to, in fact, look Sinister. So, he lives up to the name uh how are you feeling about this man we're i feel like we're 0 for 2 on wolverine
1: solo movies uh are you interested in this one i mean i like the the second one i thought was all right yeah i don't know it was really stupid at the end but i thought (laughs) i liked the whole him in tokyo like i thought there was interesting thing but again it kind of felt like this last splash episode like they could they could have drawn it out, but they just kind of go right back into it with these other X Men movies, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it kind of just felt like an episode that was there. Yeah, and that that was the
0: movie. It Was just that movie was. The, I mean, look, that movie was way better than X Men Origins Wolverine. The second one was the Wolverine or whatever they called it, but uh, it it did not rise so far above. The, just, uh,
1: I just think about what that movie could have been. Mm-hmm. Oh man. The oh, Wolverine. Are you,
0: t- are you talking about back when it was in the hands of uh, Darren Aronofsky?
1: Or uh, yes, that would have been my. It opinion. would have been so fucked up, but they wouldn't let it be R. Oh man. Uh-huh. Well, hey, they. Well, and he was now. going through a divorce. He didn't want to actually. He wanted to try and film it in like six months, and they told him it was going to take eleven. And he's like, "Uh, I'm not doing that."
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, is are they? Is this is Logan going to be R?
1: Uh, I've I thought heard, that's what the heard, rumor is. Yeah, I've heard the rumor. Uh, if yeah, only, if only they made that second Wolverine movie after making a successful Deadpool movie. Uh, <laughs> damn it, I could have had it. Man, I, I just, I really do. I feel cheated. Like, that's one of the biggest things I feel cheated about yeah. is not seeing a Aronofsky Wolverine because that could have been, It would have been pretty really crazy. Really brutal. Agreed.
0: Uh, all right, I think that's it. Let's talk about what movies are opening this week. It's too late to talk about the box office because uh, this week is is almost over already. But we can talk about the movies that are opening this weekend instead. And in case anybody was interested, that Tim Burton picture, uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Wayward X Men, uh, whatever it's called, is that was the number one of the box office. But we're in the doldrum. People
1: Horizon was two.
0: We are in the doldrums of the box office, Glenn, because I believe its opening weekend was twenty eight million. Yeah. So you know we're they're just everyone's biding their time. Uh everyone's biding their time for Doctor Strange and It's
1: weird that the release date for Blade Runner, the next one is like October 7th next year.
0: Is it? That's a yeah. weird date.
1: It's a very strange date. Maybe
0: they're maybe they're kind of hoping that I don't know, do you think they're approaching it from the perspective that they consider uh Blade Runner to be more of a cult uh, a cult favorite film and they're worried that competition from summer movie blockbuster stuff would just shade it and they just want... Or even, uh, like, horror. Yeah, they just want open space. I feel like they yeah, can maybe. probably
1: contend with, with horror movies, but... That's what I mean. Like, it, maybe they view it as a dystopian horror-type movie. I mean, it's not really horror, but...
0: uh, Let me see here. Let's What's opening wide, Glenn? There are three features opening wide. We have... Middle school, the worst years of my life. If I never have to watch that trailer again, I'll be happy. Yeah, you don't want to see this movie with uh, Griffin Glock and Rob Riggle.
1: I like Andrew Daly. He's and, hilarious. I and, love that show review.
0: Andrew Daly is in this. Uh, Retta is in this movie. Uh, was she not the the woman in Parks and Rec?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. She's um, she's like Madonna. Uh, yeah, she's Janine's cousin. She only needs one name. Uh, this movie is opening this weekend, and it's 63% on the Tomatometer, with 19 reviews counted, so not enough for a uh, synopsis. Although uh, Alonzo Duralde of The Rap, who I watch frequently on What The Flick on YouTube, uh, did not like this movie. So it's probably not going to be good, but uh, we'll see. that That Peregrine movie... Uh, 64%. So, at least my daughter didn't decide to go see a stinker. I guess that's good. No, instead I would... you watched Yoga Hosers. Instead I watched Yoga Hosers, which... Uh, I should go look at the Yoga Hosers tomato meter. I don't think there's... There's probably not enough... Uh, there's probably not enough reviews for a uh, synopsis. Although, maybe there is. Uh, there is. There's 47 reviews.
1: 21%
0: Glenn. For Yoga Hosers.
1: No oh, uh, man, and here he was bragging about how it wasn't as low as Batman v Superman. They, uh he, it's oh boy, the consensus is brutal,
0: undisciplined, unfunny, and bereft of evident purpose. Yoga Hosers represents a particularly grating low point in Kevin Smith's once promising career. Damn. Holy shit! shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I. I disagree with him. Like, this is not a great movie. This is not like Clerks or Chasing Amy or Dogma. This isn't even Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But it's not. I love that movie. But it's not bad. It was okay. It's not Tusk. It's, it's better than Tusk. What about Red State? I'm curious. Let's see what they gave Tusk. Are you going to think Tusk is higher or lower? I'm going
1: to say lower
0: 41%. Damn it. Wow, and they gave Red State no Red State's higher fifty nine percent. So there you go. This is one of his lowest rated movies ever, maybe his lowest. I don't know. I I thought it was I I I I enjoyed it. I don't know what to tell. I don't know what to tell you, everybody. I enjoyed it. Uh, okay, twenty one percent of people. I mean 21, 21% of the rest of the population. Uh, also opening this weekend, Emily Blunt, Lisa Kudrow, Rebecca Ferguson, Allison Janney, Justin Thoreau in The Girl on the Train. I didn't know Rebecca Ferguson was in that movie. Yes, she is playing Anna.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm sure that rings a bell. Luke Evans is also in this, Edgar Ramirez, Laura Prepon. Pre-prepon?
1: How is it pronounced? He's just engaged to Ben Foster now. The conductor Ben Foster? <laughs> no. The, the guy on... um. You've seen Alpha Dogs, right? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's like a it's a good... It should be a cult classic, but it's not. Um, God damn it. He's the guy who plays Angel in the bad X-Men movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In X-Men 3. Yeah. I don't know. I like Ben Foster. I've always been a fan of him. He's
0: also in Warcraft as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's in Warcraft.
0: I thought we were talking about the conductor, Ben Foster. No, no. No, This this.
1: isn't Neil Young's podcast. (laughs) Or are you talking
0: about a different conductor? I'm not sure. Uh, He could be talking about... This Ben Foster is a British conductor of orchestra. uh, orchestra. Oh,
1: I was talking about trains. Uh, No.
0: (laughs) Okay, this is... uh, uh, This is about Girl on the Train, so we've looped it back around. Yeah, Uh, yeah. See, it wasn't wasn't too far-fetched. 44%. However, Emily Blunt continues to shine, even in the critics' consensus of this movie that 44% of them only liked. Emily Blunt's outstanding performance isn't enough to keep the girl on the train from sliding sluggishly
1: into exploitative melodrama. Really? Because like Gone Girl was exploitative melodrama. It was good. Uh, Because it's David Finchner
0: Well apparently nobody else is outstanding in this Except for Emily Blunt Who's outstanding in a lot of things And I like her a lot
1: And her marriage
0: She has an outstanding marriage as well Yeah, her and John Krasinski, Jim Oh my god, that's Man, Jim's, I forgot that they were married Holy fuck I keep thinking that he's actually married to Pam in real life (laughs) No, she was married to James Gunn in real life That's right I don't know how I know this (laughs) Quinn's <laughs> going to start a uh Who's Married to Who podcast.
1: It'll be 6 degrees of marriage instead of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> uh all right, let's talk
0: about uh let's talk about the the widest re- the widest and most well-known release probably because of some of the controversy surrounding it. The Birth of a Nation is opening this weekend. Uh and most of the controversy is surrounding the man who wrote and directed and stars in this movie. Yeah, Nate, I kind of Nate Parker.
1: I really wanted to see this too. Well, the uh also in
0: this by the way is Army Hammer, Penelope Ann Miller, uh Jackie Earl Haley who is also uh speaking of amazing people who are sometimes unsung, he's one of them. Gabriel Union among others. Uh, so we need to have a movie with Jack or
1: Jackie Earl Haley and Jeffrey Rush. Man, that is a ugly looking cast so far. Yes, they're not pretty looking. They're it's not so. Looking. Steve Buscemi.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could probably throw Schwarzenegger in there. Oh, so Stallone's not looking too good these days. Yeah, Stallone. Yeah, yeah, no,
1: Stallone because Stallone. Ah, shit. Mic drop. Literal yeah. mic drop. Stallone can actually act. So that's true.
0: Well, I mean, so can Jackie O'Haley.
1: Yeah, no, you said Schwarzenegger. Oh, Schwarzenegger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Schwarzenegger can be funny and dry, but Stallone, I mean, if you've ever seen Copland, like, he's actually, he can be good. Uh,
0: But anyway, this is about, this is about Nat Turner and a, a very famous slave revolt. Oh, no, Parker. Well, Nate, Nate Parker is the actor.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, I the, thought you were... The character is Nat Turner that he portrays. You said Nat Turner, I was thinking Nat King Cole. <laughs> Because we're talking about controversy. Nat King so Cole. I was, was
0: going to say. Nat <laughs> King Cole is also not part of a famous slave revolt during Civil War era America. But as best I can tell. Uh, I think he was busy with Bing Crosby singing Christmas songs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, look, uh, there's some controversy surrounding it. If people want to know more about it, you can just Google uh, Nate Parker. That's all you have to Google, and you will see news stories all over the place. Uh, talking about it. I really don't want to get into the politics or the story of it here because that's really not our thing. But if you're interested or if you think that might, if it's possible that you think controversial things uh, may sway your interest in seeing the film, you should probably go and read about it first. Uh, however, the film, judged on its merits as a film, is at 78% on the Meter right now with 132 reviews, certified fresh. Uh, and the consensus says that the birth of a nation overpowers its narrative flaws and uneven execution through sheer conviction, uh, rising on Nate Parker's assured direction and the strength of its vital message.
1: So there you so go. So the movie's good because they will
0: it to be good, but not it's not Basically, actually done? No, I think what it sounds like is that it has its flaws, but the rest of what they do, they do so good that you, you can look past them.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Which I've seen movies like that before. Where it just sounds really
1: backhanded. That does
0: sound backhanded. <laughs> like, they tried really hard. So, even though it sucks, we're giving it a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Like, a a partic- they gave them a participation <laughs> trophy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I've heard mostly positive things about the movie itself. Uh, so, yeah, but I mean, obviously, a lot of stuff is being uh, covered. Uh, because of the controversy surrounding the director slash writer slash actor, who, by the way, uh, is a guy I've never heard of before until this movie came out. But apparently, no, and I saw stills of him. I thought he was Mario Van Peebles. Apparently, he has done things in the past, uh, and it looks prim- it looks like primarily as an actor in other movies. Uh, this seems to be his first directing gig most of his other things have been either in the role of actor or a producer so yeah Uh, this is the first time I've heard of this man until now so shrug of the shoulders Uh, I believe that is that for this week's episode but as per usual you can uh, check out all of the past Cinema Geekly podcasts along with our massive variety of other shows where we cover everything from the DC shows on the CW to The Walking Dead to Doctor Who to Star Trek uh, to Better Talk Saul even, Glenn. When is that show coming back? I miss it.
1: Uh, probably like February.
0: Mm, that's too far. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> God, I know. Uh uh, but everything, everything we, we talk about... We get 22 about, episodes of Arrow and 10 of Better Call Saul.
0: <laughs> everything we talk about at cinemageekly.com. Those podcasts are there, all of the archives, all of the new ones, and they're all available individually on iTunes and Google Play Music. Just search for them by name. And uh, for everything else, we are found on the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Plus, Instagram, all at Cinemageekly. And, of course, if you would like to contribute to a future mailbag episode, or if you have anything else you'd like to say to us, cinemageekly at gmail.com is where you can send the emails. Uh, believe it or not, Glenn, I think I actually have at least two mailbag questions, and I want to save them so we can do a mailbag episode, but we have two. so Two that are pretty solid questions. Yeah, ish. <laughs> I'm a, I know I look I'm I'm fishing for emails here so are they are they just like name
1: our favorite something or top five or
0: no we don't have any lists but uh I, I want to keep well, we need
1: some more clickbait stuff so that's right that's
0: right uh so if you can think of some clickbaity ideas as well uh but go ahead or even ideas for like future horribly flawed podcasts yeah we got to get around to doing those uh we must get around to it's gonna be a while probably to going <laughs> back to I horribly flawed yeah well now the tv tv season is kicked back into season. gear yeah we're gonna be busy but yeah head on over to the brand new cinema geekly.com check out all of the podcasts uh they are there for your listening pleasure and uh, all all the contact information and social media stuff is found there as well. Uh, So, for Glenn Beauvais, I am Anthony Lewis, and we'll be back next time with another episode of the Cinema Geekly Podcast.